smarter than a fifth grader <laughs> barely barely <laughs> barely i'm so glad i wrote this great intro <laughs> and sam it's, um, it's very lovely oh you're recording yeah i am <laughs> so yeah I, i'm so glad i wrote this this intro i'm so proud of and sam goes <laughs> i didn't know florence nightingale was a real person i didn't it, i mean hey man it is what it is. Some, some people didn't know who Jeffrey Dahmer was last year. I don't want to hear it. None of them were born before 2000. I don't care. That's that's totally that's okay. re regardless. Some people no. Some people like around my age either. They're on my Facebook page. Well, like my friends or whatever. My God feed. damn people are dumb. Okay. I blame no child left behind. What? You're you're really gonna just base it off of George Bush's plan to move, <laughs> move education forward? You could go that far with it. Well, you know, we we can't have kids doing better than the, the dumb kids, so <laughs> we got to pass the dumb kids too. No child left behind. Why'd you read it like George Bush would? <laughs> Strategery. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Strategery. <laughs> well, anyway, welcome to Creeps in the Crypt, guys. As always, I'm Eric, and I'm joined by... Christian. And Sam, who's a little bit smarter now, as of an hour ago. <laughs> there you go. So... Wait, you didn't even have his like sound test or anything? No, I just went for it. What? I didn't even get to do my favorite line ever. It's okay. Wow. You denied her. I did. It's okay. Her sound check. Yes. Well, you know, sometimes when I see gold happening, I just got to roll with it. I was really trying to wait. <laughs> it, it bubbled out. I can't help it. I was like, well, no, got to record. <laughs> um, oh, the, the, those two are saying something stupid, dumb, or entertaining. Yeah, yeah it's one of the three. Well, sometimes it's all three. Yeah, sometimes yes. it can be a trifecta. I live my life on that. Yeah. Same. I'll die on this hill. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, it's it's almost over. We have so, one more. One more killer for a summer of slaughter. And then it is the most wonderful time of the year. Yes. Um, Unless you live here. Spooky then, season. Then it's that year, time yeah, of year all year round. Spooky season's year round for us. But before we go any further, guys. Just please remember to download the episodes. Downloading the episodes really helps us out. It's the only way that we can track and make sure you like the content. And if you're on Spotify, you can actually tell us what you thought of the episode, which we have a whole bunch of new Spotify listeners. Um, Welcome to the shit show. You guys really liked Albert Fish, like we talked about last week. But 
you guys have continued to bring the heat. So you've actually overtaken Apple podcast recently. No uh, way. Spotify. Yeah. Spotify listeners are up 20% over Apple podcasters right Come now. Come on Apple podcasters. So guys, just make sure you're downloading the episode, share the show to your Instagram story. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can actually click the share button and it'll say shared Instagram story. And it'll throw us on your feed and tag us in it, and we will uh, shout you out. So, yeah, just do that. And without further ado, Sam, let's get into this. Why don't you read this lovely intro? <laughs> it is very lovely. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I actually wrote it and didn't copy and paste. I'm, I'm so proud. Look at you using that eighth grade language arts degree. I know. Look eighth at you. Eighth grade yeah. language arts degree. Yep. Your certificate of completion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just copied your work to pass high school. We right? didn't even hang out in eighth grade. <laughs> no, I just copied your work to pass high school, though. Yes. Yes. So. Copy okay. and paste king. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you the control C, control V. Award? Yes. That's all. That's only the only keys he needs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Control C, control V. Copy paste. Look, I copy and paste from multiple sources and then sequence them to where they make sense. If it's Eric's case, it's select all. That is not the case, madam. I do it in segments. And then I fuse the two. I approach my episode writing like Dr. Frankenstein approaches a monster. I hack up a bunch (laughs) of shit and then sew it back together and then go, it's alive! And then I go in and paint a picture. Yeah. Unless it deals with a historical figure. And then it goes, I didn't know that person was real. (laughs) Or dinosaur names. Yeah, she's not good at dinosaur names. Fuck a dinosaur name. Renita was cracking up at that episode. Mm -mm. It was great. I told uh, City Cop he cannot listen to that. Episode. That's it's a great episode. You should definitely listen to that episode. <laughs> that episode. At least no. the focus has been taken off of me with participation. It will never outshine participation. <laughs> and movie. what's sad is we got. I gotta find that episode. So. I just need that soundbite. <laughs> yeah. <I> just... <laughs> that is all that I need in life. Mm-hmm. Is to, <laughs> to relive. <laughs> that was probably the funniest shit, organically funny shit that we've ever done. <laughs> And it was just 10 minutes of roasting Christian on her mispronunciation of participation. She tried so hard. <laughs> she had like five redos. It was like a stroke. <laughs> uh, literally at one point I thought I saw her face slooping. I was slooping. Participation. I think, I think when I said precipitation, I was like, oh shit, that's not even close to what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I have never come so close to peeing in my pants from laughing. As I did that day. That was good. Well, hopefully we can get close to that this episode. <laughs> so without this further ado. This not funny. Oh, Listen, that, you can't say that. Not with that attitude. It can't be funny. You don't know. You don't know what I've got concocted. I hate how the cock that he put emphasis on there. Emphasis on there cock. Was, there was a lot of emphasis on it. I'm scared. <laughs> Does she have a... She doesn't have that. I don't have what? No, the Jane Thomas. She's on a no, 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 no. transvestite, no, no, no. right? That no. Would be- oh, no. no. That's next week. 
Oh, there's a transvestite? No. Yes. Uh, yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. Just wait for that ride. That ride's not open yet. Yeah, no. We're, we're setting... A, he, yeah, just, just go wait. ahead, Sam. Okay. When asked the first name that comes to mind, except for me, with nursing, most people would say Florence Nightingale. And you'd be 100% correct. Her work in the... Crimean. Crimean set. The standards for modern nursing. For the rest of her life, she continued to campaign for improved sanitary conditions in both military and civilian hospitals. Florence Nightingale even established the Nightingale Training School at St. Thomas's Hospital on July 9, 1860. Twenty years later, Florence Nightingale's antithesis would come along. We're covering Jolly Jane Topin. Topin's right. Topin. Yeah. Topan. 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 However you Topin. want to pronounce it, it doesn't matter. She's dead. Pronounce it how you want. Yeah. I'm going to say Topin because that's how Bailey Sarian said it. Okay, then. So, Jolly Jane claimed to have killed at least 31 people between the years 1880 and 1901. She's like the anti-Florence Nightingale. <laughs> Where Florence is like, yes, I'm going to teach other women how to heal people and make them better. She's like, hmm, yes, I'm going to heal them from living. I feel like this is a terrible opera of, like, Swan Lake. She is the black You mean swan. Black Swan? It's... It's fun late. Oh, I'm, I was talking about the movie with yes. uh, Mila Kunis. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's she's definitely, uh, what's her name? Oh, my God. Natalie Portman. Thank you. She's yeah. Natalie Portman. There you go. Jane was actually born Honora, or Nora, Kelly, in 1854. Jane was one of four girls. Her mother, Bridget, died of tuberculosis when Honora was a child. And their father, Peter Kelly, who was a tailor, was sent to an insane asylum, insane asylum, for trying to stitch his own eyelids. He got the nickname of Crazy Kelly. He earned every single letter of that name. So I, I don't need to see the world no more. Uh, he took see no evil to another level. Uh, you know what? He's like, I'm cosplaying as a voodoo doll. Oh, my. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and Christian's down. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, do you know how I can shrink my head? I got this great <laughs> idea to be a shrunken head this year for Halloween. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> so when Jane was six, her and her older sister, Delia were taken to the Boston Female Asylum, which, despite its name, functioned as an orphanage. Yeah, that's never a good sign when the the crazy house is also moonlighting as an orphanage. Um, I believe it was for only female unwanted female children as well. Yeah, like, but it's there still was no an boys. Asylum. Yeah. <clears throat> so several years later, Honora was taken in, but not formally adopted by the Topin family. She was actually an indentured servant. Mm -hmm. So. So her. 
the Topins renamed her Jane because Honora sound too Gaelic. Yeah, they weren't a fan of <laughs> the Topin family was not a fan of the Irish. <gasps> uh, this is like peak Irish like xenophobia. Dang, she was Irish. Yeah. Dang. Well, it sounded too <laughs> Irish, so. Oh. So Jane now later took on the Topin last name. She was no longer Honora Kelly. She was Jane Topin. The Topins gave her a decent life and she excelled in school and appeared to be a relatively happy child. Uh, uh, unlike her sister, Delia, who aged out of the BFA and took to the streets as a prostitute. Well, or a sex you know, worker, I'm sorry. Whichever. Yeah, I mean, you know, that I feel like that's fair. Either so, way. The, those eight, 1880s the prostitutes were on a whole nother level. The source material said prostitute, but I know that's not a nice word anymore. What is that, a pence to suck your peen? <laughs> I mean, not it, a pence. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a shiny nickel if you polish my knob. Ew. I would probably cut it off if someone asked me that. Not if you were a prostitute at a brothel. In 1880. And not in 1880. A nickel's a lot of money. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the equivalent of like 20 bucks today. What? A nickel's a nickel, I reckon. A peek into Jane's darker side was revealed when her fiancé broke off their engagement and she smashed her engagement ring to pieces and then she refused to see any of her friends and even tried to unalive herself twice well it's a shame she didn't she wasn't successful there'd be a no lot of people real. that got to live a full and happy life yeah if only so when Jane was 26, she told her parents that she wanted to study to become a nurse. And she began her studies at the at a Cambridge hospital, and she grew to be very popular. While she worked as a student nurse and got along really well with her patients, so much so that she falsified some of their medical records in order to get them to stay there longer. She just wanted to hang out with her besties. She's ahead of the curve of the insurance game. Listen, she just wanted to hang out with her besties. Yeah, she's like, people like me. You know what? You need to stay here. Stay here forever. Yeah. I mean, and she's, yeah. I feel like that's the reason why I got an engagement ring. Like I'm saying, though, like <laughs> you have to the say, insurance like you. companies have to, or the hospital had to love that if they had insurance back then. I don't think, I don't think they did. Yeah, well, I don't know if they had medical insurance. I know they had life insurance because H.H. Holmes was working those life insurance scams. Yes, he was. It wasn't. Someone else did, too, recently that we talked about. Uh, that was H.H. H. Holmes, the most recent one we talked about that did that. I thought someone else did. Hmm. No, just him. Well, that's fine. I'm just hallucinating. That's okay. So, overall, she had a very good demeanor with her patients and was even given the nickname Jolly Jane and was considered to be one of the best nurses at Cambridge. Just as nurses today have have to have a large knowledge of prescription drugs, nurses 
back in the 1880s also had to have an extensive knowledge of the medications used at that time. To get her nursing diploma after two years of training, Jane was tested on her knowledge of certain medications such as morphine and atropine. She had to know the correct dosages of morphine for children and what to do if a patient received an overdose of the drug. She harbored pretty negative feelings towards the elderly patients there. She felt that they were useless and that they weren't worth keeping alive. So she, she was doing a Kevorkian before Kevorkian. Literally. Uh, she took matters into her own hands and dosed her older patients with opium to see how they reacted. She would up the dosage and watch them suffer until they died. Jane experimented with other drugs, morphine and atropine, solely for the enjoyment of seeing what it did to their nervous systems. She would fake their charts in order to medicate them so that they'd go in and out of consciousness. When they were steps away from death's door, she would get in the bed and hold them and caress them as they died. On occasion, she would stage this situation. I don't really know, like... A murder? Well, no, because uh, she would poison a patient and then nurse them back to health for this miraculous recovery. I feel like this is kind of like Munchausen's by proxy a little bit. No, because she didn't think anything was wrong with them. Yeah, but it's like... Part of that is the whole sympathy, woe is me thing, but she's doing it to like get props. It's like, yeah, it wasn't. I saved you. I also poisoned you, but I saved you. I don't think it was really Munchausen's by proxy, though, because she didn't do it every time. Yeah, that's true. So I guess it was just to like throw off. And she did that to the people that she liked. She nursed them back to health for the people that she liked. Yeah. The people that she liked, she would like poison them and then like with morphine and then, you know, reverse it with the the other one. So and then they go into like convulsive seizures and shit and be okay, but Jesus. Yeah, really fucked up shit. The nursing staff had begun to notice that Jane's interest in the autopsies was a little excessive. Just to note, 12 people did die during this time period. So she's not even a full-fledged nurse yet. And 12 people had accidents. Um, (laughs) We'll call them accidents. Yeah. Happy little mistakes. Just under her (laughs) care. And yeah. So take that with what you will. Did you just compare her to Bob Ross? I did. I did. Just just paint a happy dead old person. <laughs> happy little tree. <laughs> More patients died, and the chief surgeon called Jane into his office for questioning. And while he didn't bring up charges against her, he did end up discharging her that day. He's like, well, I can't really do anything about what you're doing, but I'm going to send you home. Yeah. Despite all this, Cambridge Hospital recommended her to the Massachusetts General Hospital, which at the time was a prestigious medical facility. She continued experimenting with different painkillers and would hand them out to anyone who asked for them. Oh, that sounds like uh, 2010. 
Doctors would just hand out opiates like candy. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know That's that. That's why the opium, uh, like the heroin epidemic right now is so bad. The painkiller epidemic. That makes sense. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. She was eventually fired from MassGen for forging her graduate credentials. But still, even after all that, private doctors began to recommend Jane as a private nurse to their rich clients. It didn't take long for Jane to become a distinguished private nurse, and her weekly salary climbed from $7 to a whopping $25. Which is good amount of money back in the day. Yeah. Like $18.80 money, $25 a week. That's solid. I think $50 back then was like $1,200 and some odd today money. Well, if we remember from the Albert Fish episode when he left that kid like, what was it, twenty dollars on the ground after he cut his dick off, it equaled it out to $10. like two hundred ten dollars. Yeah, he left him ten dollars, and I think we did the math on it. It equaled out to like two hundred and thirty dollars today. Yeah, something like that. So she received excellent recommendations from physicians and testimonials from her patients. There were only a few troubling reports regarding her care. Some patients reported that she would steal money or items from their homes. She would also borrow money from her patients and not repay it, which is essentially stealing. Well, I mean, hey, she didn't have a high life expectancy for them, so it's not like they were going to come after her for it. Fair. Some patients claim that she liked to tell little white lies, something that she'd done since she was a child. She did this from 1880 to 1901, so we're like in the home stretch now. Yeah, this isn't going to be a this isn't going to be a long episode. No, there was there's a lot on Jane Topin, but it's conflicting. Like different resource materials will say different things. I just had to like read between the lines. Yeah, so she worked as a private nurse for even longer without being found out. She would basically euthanize these elderly people and take all their belongings. She did the same for her landlords, other doctors and nurses, and even her friends when she got bored of them. She was able to operate basically unsupervised during the last bit. This home stretch, she's like... What you would call her... A melee. Berserker mode? Basically, she's... Like for a serial killer? She's... Like she's ramping it up. Yeah. This is this is her ramp up. So her first official, like, I guess, murder outside of the hospital. I don't know. Her first, they called it her first official murder. The grand crescendo, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Was her elderly landlord and his wife. They both died from poison. She told authorities that they'd gotten, quote, feeble and fussy and old and cranky. She poisoned an elderly woman she was sent to take care of. 
And then she actually murdered one of her friends so that Jane could take her place at a theological school. And she went on to kill several more sick patients. On an evening in 1899, Elizabeth, Jane's foster sister, invited her to come stay for the weekend in the house they'd grown up in, the Topin home. Jane packed a picnic basket for them, as she used to do. It had corned beef, taffy, and mineral water, which the mineral water was laced with Jane's current favorite drug, strychnine. Arsenic. And Elizabeth drinks the water and pretty much dies on site in Jane's arms on the beach. She would later tell police, quote, I held her in my arms and watched with delight as she gasped her life out. Mm. After Elizabeth's death, Jane moved into Elizabeth's house and started pursuing her true goal of killing Elizabeth, which was she wanted Elizabeth's husband. She wanted to marry him. But Miss, Mrs. Steal Your Mans. Mm-hmm. Right? But he rejected her. So what does Jane do? She poisoned him. Hell hath no worry. Uh, no fury like a woman scorned. For real. She brings it to a whole new level. So she thought that if she nursed him back to health, do, that it would. Do these mashed potatoes taste like almonds? That's cyanide. Uh, it's close enough. Uh, arsenic tastes like radishes? Oh, no, it's wolfsbane. I don't know what arsenic tastes like. That might taste sweet. Does it? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I used to know. It might not even have a taste. I don't fucking know. What, like antifreeze? No, Uh, arsenic. Yeah, arsenic would be... No, I thought we were going off. Hold on, I have to to Google this. Oh. Anyway, so... You know what? I might get flagged. What does arsenic taste like? You can't die anytime soon, okay? What does arsenic taste like? (laughs) (laughs) If Christian dies, it was Eric's fault. Just look at his Google history. So anyway, Jane thought that if she nursed her, I guess, ex-brother-in-law. It has no smell or taste. Interesting. Mm, Yes. I thought it did. Um... She thought that if he if she nursed him back to health, that he would it would somehow make him fall in love with her. Fortunately, her plan failed and he kicked her out of the house. Mm. So. One for him. Jane was upset that her plan hadn't worked out like she thought it would. So she decided that she would try to take her own life in the same fashion that she'd taken so many others at this point and poisoned herself. But unsuccessfully. Well, because I'm sure subconsciously she knew, or consciously, this was like a cry for attention, I'm sure. She knew exactly how much to give herself to where it wouldn't kill her, but cause a scene. Who knows? She was hospitalized and made a full recovery. Upon her release, she realized that a detective was tailing her. He believed that she was the person who killed an Amherst man and his family in July of 1901. And so Jane was caring for Mrs. Maddie Davis, whose husband was Captain Davis. We're talking about the Amherst family. Mm -hmm. Um, After Miss Maddie passed, Captain Davis begged Jane to stay on and care for his daughters who had fallen ill. 45 days later, both of the daughters and Captain Davis were dead. 
Captain Gibbs, one of the daughter's husbands, became suspicious of Jane, and he told a detective named J.H. Whitney, who was the one that was following Jane when she was released from the hospital, that his cousin, so Captain Gibbs's cousin, had told him, Captain Gibbs, that his wife, Captain Gibbs's wife, had seemed scared of Jane. So he has his wife's body removed, I mean exhumed, for autopsy, and the results show that she had a heavy dose of morphine. But what was odd was that none of Jane's victims had constricted pupils, which is a sign of like a morphine overdose or morphine poisoning. And she later confessed that she avoided this, like the constricting, uh, by adding atropine to the morphine that she would give her patients. I don't know how that works, but I guess it does. Jane hmm. was able to get a surplus of morphine and atropine by forging doctors' script pads. Jane Topin was arrested in 1901 when police were interrogating her. She confessed to 31 murders, but said that it could be as high as 100 people. She blamed a failed relationship that tortured her from back when she was 16 for her killing spree. Oh, did she have a sugar daddy or something, and that's why she had to take it out on a bunch of old people? I don't know. She didn't go into any more detail than that. Like. After Jane's arrest, uh, psychiatrists were disturbed to learn that murder was a sexual impulse for old Janie Pye. Patients that Jane had back at Cambridge Hospital came forward and claimed that they had fuzzy memories of Jane drugging them and that she had gotten on top of them during their stay. Oh, let me tell you, nothing makes my panties more moist than dosing patients. You just made so many people cringe with that one sentence. I know, it was great. Well, I mean, this whole thing makes me cringe. Like, the fact that she was, like, getting off sexually on poisoning people. But that that goes true for a lot of serial killers because most of these serial killers are driven by sex. Because sex is power, and they they get a sexual release off the murder itself sometimes. Sex sells. The process or the product. But it's hard. I'm assuming she's a process killer because, I mean, if her getting in bed with them while they're being poisoned, like while they're having a reaction, is the thing that does it for her. Like that, I would assume it's well. Then what happens when they actually kick the, the bucket? Well, it's not the body itself. She's not like a Dahmer where she wants to possess the corpse and do all that shit. It's just the act, the act itself that gets her gets her jollies off. I mean, Dahmer just wanted some friends who didn't want who didn't leave him. They did call her jo- Jolly Jane. Be- I can't believe you made those correlations together of the jollies off. <laughs> you like that? I did like that. You still have the arsenic up on your Google search. No, I've got kitties to live for. Yes, you do. So it was at this point of the trial that Jane admitted that she got sexual pleasure from watching her patients dying or almost die or whatever. According to Jane, she felt calm and clear-headed when she would give a victim a fatal dose. It was almost like a sexual release, and after it was over, she would go to sleep. Sometimes, well, as one would do when you come. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I got my rocks off. 
I gotta take a nap. Recharge <laughs> oh, the old battery. I gotta. I don't know I why. got a twelve o'clock appointment. I guess I'll, I'm like visualizing her laying there and like her getting her sexual release, and then she's looking over at a fucking gaped open mouth old person. And they're like, "Did you finish?" And they're like. I did. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what I heard. Ah, I finished. Ah. Gross. I got to go change my underwear and get ready for my next uh, patient shift. victim. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> so one time she got into bed with her victim's child Ew. and had a nap. Ew. You added this. I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did. I read that. And I was like, oh, this is awful. Jane was aware what she was doing was wrong, but she had no remorse for her actions. None whatsoever. She's like, hey, they were old. They were on their way out anyway. I was doing them a service. And then I did me a service. Ew. A man named Dr. Stedman, who's a psychologist or an alienist back then, is what they called them had visited Jane, and she told him, quote, I fooled them all. I fooled the stupid doctors and the ignorant relatives. I've been fooling them for years and years. End quote. The trial began on June 25th, 1902. Dr. Sedman testified that Jane was, quote, incurably insane, to which she responded, quote, The alienist lies. I am not crazy. I know that I have done wrong. I understand right from wrong. That proves I am sane. End quote. So very rarely do you see somebody get the insanity plea and have it work. Right? Um, Even more rare for them to say, I'm not insane. Yeah. No, I, knew I, knew I, I, I knew I fucking killed him. Yeah. I mean. It made me happy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. As That's, long as she's happy, I guess. I feel like this was just a complete misjustice. Well, her confessions were enough for the jury to make their unanimous decision in just 27 minutes. Jane Topin was found not guilty of her crimes by reason of insanity, and she was sentenced to life at Taunton State Asylum for the Criminally Insane. Uh, when she first Which got- we'll cover that in a later episode because, um, well, it's located in a very unique place called the Bridgewater Triangle. I'm down. So. When she first got to the asylum, Jane refused to eat anything because she feared that her food was poisoned. The newspapers got a good old chuckle out of that. Yeah, that's the. The irony. That's like a poetic justice. Well, that's like H.H. H. Holmes going like, I want concrete over my grave so I don't get grave robbed. <laughs> right. So it was clear to the asylum employees that Jane hadn't learned her lesson and she would often be heard calling down the halls that she would kill again and offering to the nurses or orderlies or whatever they're called to, quote, get some morphine, dearie, and we'll go out into the ward. You and I will have a lot of fun seeing them die. And She quote. wanted to kill again. She was threatening to. Mm-hmm. She's like, please, let me, let me, let me dose some more people. She like, it's, stayed. It's been a long time since I've 
really got that release that it's, I'm looking for. It's been 84 years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get my pearl necklace, if you know what I'm saying. She stayed at the asylum until she died on August 17th, 1938, at the age of 81. Oh, she didn't even make it to the 84. No. <laughs> After her death, there was media coverage and chatter about her being, quote, America's first serial killer. Very rare do you have female serial killers, you know? And I've heard several of them listed as the first female serial yeah. killer. Uh, we covered one earlier this year that may or may not have even been a serial killer. So... it. I would say this is a really good, um, a really good one to lean on for that. I would, I would say she's probably one of the first. I'm not gonna say she is the first, because mm -hmm. there's so fucking many that have claimed. Every author's like, oh, this is the first female serial killer. You just never know. No. But one thing is for certain, she had no remorse for her victims. She didn't care. And she was fully aware of what she did. And honestly, they they missed the call of sentencing her to death. And I think it was just easier to, for them to shuffle it away. Uh, that sounds about right. Because uh, they're sexist and she was a woman in the 1800s and they didn't want to put a woman to death. I think that's what that whole thing stems from. So they'd rather pay for her to sit in an asylum for... God knows years. how long, yeah. It was. I mean, yeah, you know, this was, this was a unique case. Interesting. Very unique indeed. Yes. But, uh, yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we have one last subject for summer of slaughter. <laughs> that is the summer. perfect bridge to spooky season. So I'm excited. Yes. Um, don't tell them. I'm well, I mean, we already talked about it in the first episode of summer. Well, maybe they so. don't remember. Oh, that's good. Uh, Christian, if you do that voodoo that you do, you don't remember what we talked about three months ago. <laughs> like that, like last week's episode of what we do in the shadows where they actually go on the fucking news. And they tell them that they're vampires Yeah. and they fuck up and have to like hypnotize everybody that's watching yes, the news. Yes. You don't remember what we talked about three months ago. I wish that actually worked. That would be really nice if you like said something really fucked up and then you could like take it back or like yeah. everybody that's been a victim of cancel culture ever <laughs> wishes that. <laughs> they just go on YouTube and be like, "You don't remember me." It's saying just a that. matter of time till one of the jokes that I've said or, or like get the show canceled or some yes, shit. Same. Where I have to I be fired. I feel like that every day. Every time we have to record, I I'm like, to, let I have me to leave not the show. say something that is too far. Eventually, one day, I'll have to, like, leave the show and put out a big statement because I've said something that offended uh, some group of people. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll spray your face to make it look like you're crying with yeah. water. Yeah, please. Or it'll just make you look really sweaty. I'm not really sure. Yeah, probably that. I'll pluck your nose hairs. <laughs> like, make I, you cry. I didn't understand. What the, the what I said would could affect people like that? My wife made me say it. My wife made me say <laughs> it. My wife did not make me say this. 
Oh, I thought it was him blaming it on me. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that's what it is. All right, baby. Drop them socials. Thank you guys so much for listening and the downloads. Keep them coming. We'd like to see it. Make sure you guys are sharing and liking the show. Where can you do this at? On the socials. Make sure you guys are following us on Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you guys are following us on the TikTok. And, yeah, the shares and the downloads are super, super important. I know you guys get tired of us talking about it every single week, but it does matter to us to know what you guys like, what you don't like, what you think that we're going, you know, in a different direction. But we do we do take it into account, and we do love your comments that you leave on us on uh, the episodes. So make sure you guys are leaving those as well. We like positive, negative, whatever. I would rather have positive, but, you know. Yes. But on that note, everyone... Uh, We will see you next week and stay creepy and spooky and stay safe.